previously on Geekable. I love Leia Williams, and I've been trying to get her on this show forever. <laughs> Just so as recently as like yesterday, you posted a story talking about the, the trial of Magneto, and she posted it on hers. And I like I took that opportunity to like text her right away, and she didn't see my message. So Leia, if you're listening, please, please, we would love to have you on the show. <laughs> I, I, you're a brilliant writer. I love you. Please come on. <laughs> One eternity later. Welcome everyone to a new episode of Geekable. For this intro, I will be talking very, very slowly because I literally don't want this show to ever end. You know why, Nick? And why would you ever not want this show to end? Because we have Leah Williams in the house. (laughs) Oh, so excited to have you here, Leah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, of course, of course. Thank you for having me. Um, I've already had a blast in like the five minutes before we started recording and we were just like riffing and talking to each other. So I'm excited to chat with you guys. It's so nice to meet you. I've been a huge fan of your work for a very long time. I've loved your Gwenpool. I've loved your X Factor. And I'm currently obsessed with your Trial of Magneto. Mm. But before we dig into that, um, I wanted to ask you about something very, very particular. So I like to do my research about our creators that we have interviews with. Just by research, I mean, I basically just cyber stalk their Instagram profile or like Twitter feed. <laughs> so I wanted to bring up something that you posted in 2012 about having an altar for atrocious. Oh, <laughs> okay. so I'm a huge Red Lanterns fan. And oh, nice. um I have been for a very long time. I always say that like my comic book girlfriends are all of them, like all of the, all of the superhero women, they're all my comic book girlfriends, but my comic book boyfriends are um, Namor and Atrocitus and that's it. Like just those two. Wow. So (laughs) my, my standards vary. (laughs) But um, Yeah. So I don't know why I'm in love with him so much. He's vicious and brutal and giant and bright red and um, vomits like napalm acid. And he has a six cat. <laughs> and he has a cute pet kitty named Dexstar that has the most tragic origin story ever. Um, and I, I am, I'm in love with him. I have like statues and framed pictures figures yeah (laughs) so when are we getting a book written by you about this character oh gosh I don't know um I they they don't do a lot of red lantern stuff (laughs) as far as I know but the moment that they do I've got pitches ready so DC calling that's that's what I like to hear I love that that's cool you're locked and loaded no that's that's great. And, and, you know, your, your work is you've been doing so much Marvel stuff. Um, you know, more recently, everyone's been reading your X factor. Um, and of course, I mean, trial of Magneto is probably one of, uh, it is one of the, you know, biggest books out there. If we're talking about impact in the overall Marvel universe and issue three just came out. And so far it's been thrilling. Like it's been so good. Um, you know, it's definitely one of the books that I, I, I mean, I definitely look forward to it every, every month, whenever it comes out. And um, yeah, it's just been so good. And we'd love to dig into more of that because issue three just came out. Um, and, and it was again, on a huge cliffhanger. Yeah. Geez. Okay. So spoilers for ahead for those who haven't read the issue. It's been out for 
about a week at this point. So if you haven't read it, it's on you. Sorry. Um, but tell me about Old Woman Wanda. Mm. Um, so basically, the idea came about, um, and this is also like spoilers. I'm assuming we're going to be rife with spoilers for this. But um, the idea came about because, um, you know, three is a very important number mystically. And mm-hmm. when you're looking at like the three faces of Hecate, you know, goddess of, of witchcraft, um, it, it also kind of is echoed in this idea of the mother, the maiden and the crone. Oh, wow. So I was like, okay. So thinking about how Wanda's, you know, subconscious or her soul would have been kind of fractured in the ether and the in-between and where her thoughts would kind of manifest differently. You know, mm-hmm. she's so powerful. There is nothing from stopping her from bringing in like alternate universe Wanda's <laughs> mm. uh, to help her come back into being. Mm-hmm. And from there, uh, I was talking to Teeny Howard actually about this because um, Vida Ayala and Teeny Howard are my two best friends and fellow X-Men writers were inseparable and taught constantly. Oh about our work. Um, so I was talking to Teeny about it because Teeny is like a magical and mysticism expert. Um, she's writing Excalibur, the mutant magic book, and it's just like mm-hmm. her realm of expertise. So anytime any of us have something magic related, we always go to Teeny. We're like, does this track, is this, does this look okay? So I was talking to her about that stuff. Um, and she was like, oh yeah. And then this one is, uh, the the crone right and then I was like yeah I wonder if they'd get let me get away with old lady Wanda (laughs) and Mm. Teeny was like oh now you have to you have to try (laughs) that's cool that's cool yeah I definitely didn't expect that honestly I didn't expect it to be so much of like an event feel that's so contained I mean you have Avengers you have x-factor of course glad to see them um but you have like you know the key mutants of Krakoa you know, you have vision, like everything is there for this. Yeah. To, like, this is a Marvel event, in my opinion, that's contained. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, it's, yeah. spinoffs and, you know, tie in issues. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but but no, it's 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 great. I mean, it, it really is a, an event book. And I can't wait to see where it goes. And and um, and and yeah, I mean, in terms of how the book came to be, I always love to ask writers, like, did you, like, did you go to Marvel saying like, I want to do something Wanda? Did Marvel say like, this is the idea we have, like who wants to write? Like, how did, how did this work? I pitched this as my third arc of X Factor actually. Wow. Um, and they ended up loving the idea so much it became an event book and x-factor went away and uh, i mean i hate that x-factor went away but i'm glad that we got the trial of magneto out of it i guess yeah 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 it's it's definitely you know kind of humbling to to know your idea was was enough of a hit that they were like no it needs its own spotlight okay like yeah (laughs) we're gonna only focus on this um and I was really intimidated by writing Wanda, um, especially, you know, in Trial of Magneto, we take a much deeper focus on her and her internal thoughts and processes. Um, whereas obviously if it had been X-Factor, um, she would have been the dame, the noir dame of that uh, arc and kind of not at the forefront of every single issue. Um, yeah. 
so I was kind of like Siren was exactly exactly yeah um because you know Wanda's obviously a character with a lot of conflict in her continuity and a lot of kind of contrasting characterizations a lot like Polaris in that regard where you know oh no lady crazy gets used as like kind of a a, a plot device in the past um and uh, a catalyst for conflict um so I was scared to write her but then I did the same thing that I did when I you know was intimidated to write Lorna which is find out what people love about this character what like the super fans um value most and then honor that and um make the emotional arc additive like additive is a very important thing to me when I'm doing character work um and I, I only ever want to write empathy engines of stories. Mm, I see that. Um, oh, yeah. I, I want people to, like, come down into feelings hell with me and love these characters as much as I do. Um, so that was pretty much my, my approach going into it um, as far as how it happened. You know, it, it happened really fast. Uh, like, one day X Factor <laughs> was you know, uh, rolling along with the third arc. And then the next day it was like, oh, actually this is Trial of Magneto now. <laughs> and um, I'm really thankful for my ex-office colleagues too, because it, it wasn't just, you know, being the person who's now about to write the reckoning between Wanda and mutants finally, but also writing Avengers and writing, you know, right. X-Force and X-Men there in the book too. Yeah. So, I remember in like the early days, uh, my first pass at Logan, who I'd only ever written in like a gag and Gwenpool, you know, um, my first like serious attempt at writing Logan's dialogue, I texted Ben Percy, who's the current writer of Wolverine and X-Force. And I was like, does this look okay? Is this right? I don't know what I'm doing. And he's like, it's, it's fine. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I mean, first of all, as huge kaiju fans, Nick and I wanted to thank you for giving us mm. not one, but three kaijus in the third issue. Three is an important number, mystically. There we go. I mean, yes, three is the witching hour as well. Yeah. And also we get to see like a giant wasp, which I am obsessed with. We don't get to see wasp take on her giant form nearly enough. So thank I you for that addition. so much fun with that, especially because <laughs> Sink is there too and he can, you know, like grow to the Lone. same size because of yeah. her. It was, it was really uh, fun oh, I loved to it. watch. The whole fight sequence was amazing. So um, I wanted to ask, you mentioned that you like to dig into characters and see what the super fans love about them when you're writing them. So is that how they can end up being a quote unquote fucky thought enforcer in X Factor? <laughs> <laughs> it is actually... Um, people love his, um, sensuality, like not, you know, the slutty evil bisexual trope, which is problematic, obviously. Um, but he does have this kind of innate sensuality to him and he doesn't shy away from it. And they also loved his violence. They loved mm. his grit. They loved how his, the trauma of his past has kind of left its mark on him um and made him just like a really complicated character and mm -hmm. I saw a lot of the same qualities reflected in Aurora 
who, you know, is kind of same but different as, as Dokken in this regard. Like they've had parallel traumas in their pasts and, you know, bad relationships, that kind of thing. Um, so for Dokken, it was like, well, you know, this is going to be the one that people read the comic and they're going to call him daddy. Like it, the daddy characters are Dokken and Rachel, full stop. <laughs> Um, that was in my first X Factor pitch. Really? <laughs> like, that's funny. Yeah. Um, well, because to me, that's like, I know that's like a really casual colloquial way of stating something, but when I'm writing kind of behind the scenes documentation for David Baldion and Jordan D. White, um, I'm writing for them. Like I'm writing to make them laugh and I'm doing, you know, this work in a, communicating in a way that is specifically tailored to them so I mm -hmm. would not otherwise you know write so unprofessionally <laughs> to <laughs> my my collaborators but like these are people that I've worked with a lot and um it's it's okay if I kind of like crack jokes about that and I mean your sense of humor is what draws most people to your writing I mean I you know me and uh, Nick argued about this a lot because he thinks that Hellions is the funniest X book out there, but for me personally, it was always X Factor. Oh, I think Hellions is the funniest X book out there. <laughs> <laughs> X Factor did have me. You, the, the those points did hit though, and and just talking about your work, Leah, like something I always appreciate, always, always as a consumer, and like I just latch onto writers when they do this is you write a lot of text in your pages. I don't even know if maybe like you're aware of that, but like whenever I sit down to read one of your books, it's always like a lot of words and a lot of writing. Like, do you, do you, do you see that? Like, do you I, see that? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And it's not necessarily intentional that I'm trying to put a lot of text on there. If anything, I think, you know, that is kind of a problem because most readers I would say don't enjoy that <laughs> I would agree um, unfortunately I think people like people consume a comic so quickly um and and I I think that that's something like it's honestly I always joke and I say you and Nick Spencer will like write like a bible every every issue that you yeah come it's out very with. Claremontian the way that <laughs> that's we do it. that and it, it's yeah. clear that that's an influence but in my case it's also um a symptom of packing as much story as possible into one issue i uh not big on splash pages yeah right like, right yeah. Like, that's what dan slot says too he's like you know it's all about real estate right right exactly so i'm trying to like you know progress the story as as much as i can in you know kind of a finite amount of space mm -hmm. and so sometimes that requires the use of like very tactfully expository dialogue in order to keep that wheel moving because I'm selfish and I don't want to give up the like character beats or the granular look inside their lives you know I, I could just get rid of all of that and have only the punching and that kind of thing but what I love about X-Men comics in particular is always the heart of it um, mm. the way characters are are flawed and honest and forming a found family that's really important to me so I stubbornly like refuse to give up on it even if you know I I have a finite amount of space in each issue yeah 
no, I like that's cool. Oh, that's 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 cool. When it came to writing X Factor, like I think what drew me in the first issue the most was the fact that you included Wind Dancer, who was like a character introduced in New Mutants, and she had a huge appearance in you know uh, New X Men Academy X, which was like one of my favorite books as a teenager. So first of all, thank you for in- for the for the inclusion. And what made you want to go back and like dig deep in those you know kind of there's you know they're not really. B-listers even, and bring those back, bring those characters back to the forefront, especially for your first arc on X Factor. Um, there is no other generation of students um, that is more traumatized and underserved True. than these kids. And <laughs> one of them is on my team. He's like a lead prodigy. So mm. in when I was going into it, um, I was looking at like, okay what's what's additive what's the biggest get in in terms of um the characters lives and that kind of thing like where what what can i fix while i'm here how how much can i repair these narratives while i have the opportunity to do so so that was like one of the biggest ones i went to right away and um it actually kind of came about backwards because originally i was going to do um a ballerina story set uh, in a ballet academy in Russia. But then I got this note from Hickman that was like, this is good. I like the mystery that you've crafted here, but I think it needs to be weirder, you know, mm-hmm. like, and then he listed off a couple of suggestions and one of them was Mojo verse. And I was like, oh, oh. shit, that okay. <laughs> it's as weird <laughs> as it gets. That. Yeah, because I've always been fascinated with Mojo verse. And then you know, moving away from a Russian ballerina, I was like, okay, so who's a dancer? (laughs) Oh, wait, I know. (laughs) And it just seemed so obvious and all the pieces started clicking. I love Um, that. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And going off of your work in X Factor, like, and, and maybe some suggestions with Hickman, like Hickman is so good at understanding mutant powers. Was that, was that, did he have some uh, play or did the X office have some play or was it all you that so perfectly put together all of their powers to be detectives? Cause that was the most uh, impressive thing about the whole run. I think yeah. is how well oh, you, you. Yeah, um, like I mean, boy and Rachel. I mean, that was, that was all me. That, wow. uh, yeah, that was um, the cast that I chose specifically based on how I thought their powers could be applicable in an investigative setting. Like the way that I went about casting this book was in a conversation with Jordan D. White, um, senior X-Men editor. Like my first question was, okay, so who's available? Who's still available? Because by this point I'm wave two and you know most of the A-listers have been snapped up in the other titles. So I've kind of got my my run of like the, the B-listers, <laughs> the second string squad. And then um, I, my, next, uh, my next move was to look at all of that and think about who has powers really conducive to investigations, um, like forensic sciences. And it, it, it just kind of came together naturally um, through that. And, you know, like Dokken has the tracking abilities. iBoy can see literally anything. Prodigy can know literally anything. Northstar can be anywhere in half a second. 
Rachel's the telepath and she can chrono scam. Like it, it just all chrono scam ability is yeah. so good. Like yeah, that, I don't think it's been utilized in that sense in a very long time. It was yeah. beautiful. It's just so impressive. I'm not just gassing you up because like you're the star of the sh- like that was like <laughs> blowing my mind how perfectly the power is set. So thank you for that. I mean that tr- that truly captivated me into that was probably honestly the number one thing was how perfectly everyone's powers were used i mean you understood the mutants so you understood the assignment. <laughs> yeah you understood. It, it means a lot to me that you noticed that because i did put a ton of thought and a ton of work into it and um a lot of people think that i chose the cast out of some like you know virtue signaling it, the cast is really queer like out of ah uh, yeah some kind of like hollow that. movement and i was like no i just wasn't afraid to have a really queer cast like it didn't even I, cross I didn't my mind honestly yeah yeah that's so lame it. yeah <laughs> so lame but yeah anyway that that was amazing and and i mean and there's so many reasons why we loved that book and it was it's sad to see it go i was like we were shedding a tear reading your uh i think they gave you two pages in the last issue of like thanking everyone and um you know thankfully we have uh you know, uh, trial of Magneto, because that, that I think is going to be the cherry on top for X factor. And hopefully, hopefully we get to see more of mutant powers being used in cool ways in the future with you, because I'll be buying that and tell you that much. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I was just going to, uh, adjust your expectations for trial of Magneto. <laughs> um, I, it, I'm satisfied with where it leaves off. Um, I put a, a ton of thought and work into kind of the big get at the end, what I wanted from this mini series. And um, I'm satisfied with it. I wish that we'd had more time to spend with X Factor. Yeah, I, I honestly hope so too. And maybe we'll see them down the line somehow. They'll be, you know, in some form or the other, I would be so down for that well Dokken and aurora are moving over to marauders true yes with um steve orlando yeah yeah um going back to the hellfire gala honestly i will like say this straight up for anyone who has read hellfire gala i would highly recommend that they go back and read it all over again while listening to your spotify playlist of the hellfire gala 2021 that has the little cover of like a SpongeBob saying, "Muties do be vibing though." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I was, I was so proud of that like playlist. <laughs> I worked on that playlist for months, <laughs> like months, literal months, and um, you know, nobody asked me to. Nobody asked me to do this. It's just like a, a byproduct of my writing process. I make a lot of really highly curated. I, I noticed like your playlists game is honestly amazing. I have like, like when I was checking out playlists. <laughs> when I was checking the Hellfire Gala playlist and I saw like it had Mitski, Abba, Grimes, Shamir, like Janelle Monet and Charlie XCX. I was like, this is correct. This feels right. <laughs> <laughs> and like you have characters that have their own playlist. Like you have a playlist for Dokken that has a little cover that says like that's a little cycle that's like, I'm not real. I'm amazing. I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. And that's very much the Doc and vibe. Like, oh, yeah. Really is. It is you both, I am essence. a god and I am a piece of shit at the same time. <laughs> it contains multitudes. 
Truly, yes, a very three-dimensional character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, Leah, this is this is another question we always ask, and it seems like you choose your character. You know, the characters that you want to write and that you want to build a story for very strategically is the word I, I think I would use. Having read so much of your work, um, is there any any characters at Marvel that you know you would love to sink your teeth into at a given point in time? Dazzler. Yes, I would um, love that. You're you're a hundred percent correct in um, seeing the strategy of it and and who I'm writing because the way I the real estate that I'm happiest occupying in the X office as an X writer is playing harmony to everybody else's melody. Like I would never want to write X Men. I'm struggling with the amount of tension I'm getting from Trial of Magneto as it is. Like it's, uh, it's by far the best-selling book I've ever written. I suddenly have access to like a much huger platform than I've ever had before. And I am frightened by it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I really love is writing stuff that is like quirky and queer and kind of kinky. It depends on the cast. Um, yep. And, you know, uh delivers really satisfying stories to the characters that are most underserved in the current continuity. So that's the the like strategy of it that you're seeing. I'm looking at the overall landscape of the books and seeing, okay, who's not in play? Who's not um, on the chessboard right now? How can I serve them? How can I make these readers happy? So to me, um, the, the biggest one would be Dazzler right now. Um, she's she's in need of a huge Krakoan adventure, I think. Yeah, yeah. For one. Have her um, do a Krakoan tour. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the last time we really saw Dazzler was like, uh, I think she was a little bit in Rosenberg's Astonishing X-Men. And before that, she was in... He had Inhumans a one-shot written X- by Magdalene Visagio. Okay. That was yeah. called Dazzler X-Song, I think. And that yeah, was during yeah. Resurrection. That was correct. And that's, um, that was right before the Krakoan era. Um, that was Dazzler's like last solo story, I think. And she's been yeah. spotted around the island. Like, Definitely. Yeah. She's in a band with Siren now and they performed at the Green Lagoon, Krakoa's yeah. TV bar. Kind of Owen flirting with Phantom X a little bit. Right. Not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she was also part of the uh, Shatterstar rescue in X Factor. Oh, so yep. she very briefly appeared there. Um, but again, because of like lack of story, real estate reasons, I couldn't fully develop that out. But yeah. um, like, she doesn't know that Shatterstar is her son, uh, but Shatterstar knows that he is her mm-hmm. son. Anyway, um, so that's, that's, that's kind of what, what I think is the most underserved right now. But of course I have my favorites that I would, you know, like fist fight to write again. Um, Magic, Emma Frost, uh, <laughs> Gwenpool, <laughs> Gwenpool uh, North Star, Jubilee. Um, I like every time I write a character, they get sorted mentally into this place in my head of like, these are my children. So after I finish writing them, I have empty nest syndrome and all I want Aww. is for them to be okay and for them to That's like be funny. thriving and to also write them again. Um, 
So yeah. So speaking of Gwenpool, that just came up so naturally and organically. Has there any <laughs> has have there any been any talks about bringing Gwenpool back into the fold somehow? Oh, totally. Yeah, I originally pitched her for my Hellfire Gala issue. This was like before I knew that X Factor was ending and that kind of thing. Um, and I was thinking about like who, how. I know that I wanted a breakfast club vibe where there's like kind of voiceover narrations. And I was thinking about who would be great for that. And then it was like, oh, okay, duh. <laughs> Gwen <Pulse. laughs> Obviously. <laughs> of course. But I couldn't use her because she was actually tied up in um, a Modoc story at the time, a miniseries. Oh, really? Um, right, head games. Right, right. So, I mean, good for her, girls thriving. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, she's... She's out there doing her thing and still a resident of Krakoa. I miss her so much. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I do. I, you know, your Grenfell Strikes Back was such a satisfying miniseries for a, 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 you know, a huge fan of the character that has been, I've been around, I've been in love with Gwenpool since her debut. And reading your, you know, Gwenpool Strikes Back, it was like a love letter to the character, really. Like it built so much. It was very additive, as you said, but it also was like very true to her. And I just, I love that. And it was very... Leah Williams, it touched all the bright bases for me. And it was one of my favorite, like, Gwenpool stories. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I that... told you we're going to be, like, gassing you up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm about to gas up my collaborators on Gwenpool. So um, that was, like, a really incredible experience for me because it was the first time that I was working with David Baldion, who is now one of my favorite people on the planet and also my X Factor collaborator mm. and um, just one of my closest friends now. Uh, that was our first time working together and with Gwenpool in particular, because she is a fourth wall breaking character and because she is so meta, it was like, it, it was what David and I call um, a brutal creative boot camp because we had to take everything that we've learned about comics and about structure and how to tell a story and then obliterate it. Like, think outside the box think outside the panel think about how we can do things differently and um you know how how weird can we get with this how much can we break the medium and we came out the other side of it like stronger as creators and storytellers and that kind of experimentation definitely continued into x factor um it's it's visible in the way like Rachel's chrono skimming the way that that looks and um there's I got really into like the illuminated manuscript you know ancient medieval texts that look so magical and stuff and then David got inspired by it too so that's why we have um some Morgan origin story stuff illustrated in the style of a mm -hmm. medieval text um so we just we we kind of kept adding tools into what he and I refer to as our narrative um, toolbox, where we have these like shortcuts in there that I'll refer to in a script um, when I'm writing for David. Like when I say um, North Star is being an asshole speedster, um, David knows that that means North Star is using his um, speedster abilities to like cut someone off in a conversation and he's also moving vertically in a panel mm -hmm. um yeah. and zoomily and like you know just being an asshole about it um <laughs> so i'm forever thankful to uh you know jordan for putting me on that book with david because it was just 
a phenomenal experience and one of the hardest things that I've ever worked on because it's not just that it's that comedy is so much harder than any other genre comedy I've is heard really that. I've really heard right I feel like that. it comes so yeah. naturally to you like you're naturally funny like I follow you on Twitter I'm naturally a gremlin like <laughs> I that comes naturally to me but it's very it's a very different thing when you're trying to write something funny when you're trying to like you know, like me tweeting Sonic the Hedgehog is my sleep paralysis <laughs> demon. Like, first of all, that's true. And like, I, I don't know, it, it must be an ancient meme or something. Sonic the Hedgehog going, nice cock. But like, anytime I hear somebody say nice, that's what I think. I remember that ancient bit of internet history. Yeah, and like me tweeting about that, that's, that's, I have ADHD. I'm going to say bullshit sometimes. Um, but like when you're actually sitting down to write something funny, you, you get in your head and you're thinking about your audience and then you're doubting if what you're saying is even funny or if it's only going to be funny to you. And it mm -hmm. also requires like a weird amount of energy, so much more energy than I am normally accustomed to writing with when I sit down to work. Um, and the same thing is true of Amazing Mary Jane as well. Like I, because that's, you know, like a family friendly kind of comedic and fun book. It required a ridiculous amount of energy um, wow. for me to write. And it's because comedy is hard. Comedy is so hard. Is it just the timing of the comedy or is it like making up the jokes? like? I think it's both. And I think yeah. that it's also just a lot harder to make people laugh than to make them feel things, you mm -hmm. know, like Definitely. laughing, yeah. laughing is a more. It, Everyone it, has an acquired taste to what's funny too. So you're taking right. a risk right off the, like sad is sad. I think we can all agree like a puppy dying is sad. Yeah. Someone yeah. Dying, you know, that's universal. That is like right. a universal truth. But there is no such universal truth with comedy unless, like, silly walks. Charlie Chaplin's silly walk. Everybody mm -hmm. loves that. But uh, how do you how do you translate comedy in comics? Uh, I don't. I think Zeb Wells does it brilliantly in Audience. <laughs> Zeb is cool. Would you, if you were to like tie in with one of the X books, which one would you have picked to like do like a a cool like crossover team up with? Well, I think I have done them already through x factor just because the x office all of the x writers are super like tight-knit we trauma bonded during the pandemic and mm -hmm. now we're all like part of each other's routines we wake up in the morning and go to the slack and talk to each other yeah very catch cool. up on what the the brits were saying overnight while we were sleeping and <laughs> um we we collaborate really closely so i and we're comfortable like sharing casts and that kind of thing. So there was so much subtle crossover between my book and Teeny's book, between um, my book and Vita's book. And um, in the, X, the, the last X Factor issue, we actually see a crossover between um, my Hellfire Gala issue and uh, the Hellions Hellfire Gala issue where Zeb was using some of my cast and I was oh. using his cast and we True. Yeah. like meticulously planned out showing the different sides of these conversations so that it creates a perfect hinge, you That's know, amazing. like wow. we've got both sides of the 
or, or the same coin, but we're showing um, a different side of it in each of our issues. Well, uh, veering off of X-Men for a while, I wanted to ask you about Render. You know, you announced this book, Render, with Oni Press back in like 2019. It was supposed to debut, I believe. And unfortunately, the artist of the book, Lenka, decided to step down due to some health issues. And it's been like in limbo since then, I guess. So where is it? <laughs> I have great news about Render. So I never really talked about, you know, the... I guess, sabbatical um, because Lenka had to step down because it's not my business to talk about somebody else's, um, you know, like what they're dealing with. So I, I just kind of never said anything. And then after that, um, there was the Lionforge Oni merger, which I was affected by because originally this was going to be a Lionforge book. Oh, <laughs> um, and then there was the pandemic. Uh, but now, uh, it's, it's back on track and I'm working on the page breakdown for the second issue right now. Um, oh. First issue uh, script locked and loaded and uh, I'll, I'll have even more exciting news to share soon. Oh. Knock on wood. Oh, wow. Um, but Did you have to completely like rework the book from the ground up after uh, Linka left the book? I didn't have to, but I chose to. Okay. Because here's the thing. I started working on Render in 2017. Um, wow. And I am so much stronger as a writer now than I was then. And every time we took one of these breaks because of, you know, the merger, the pandemic, um, not having an artist, that kind of thing, um, I, I looked back at what I had already done and thought, like, okay, I can make this so much more, like, interesting now and especially um go revisiting it after I've been a part of Hickman's you know mm -hmm. X-Men line and mentored by Hickman and learned so much about storytelling from him now I'm looking at Render like okay fuck you we're, we're gonna be amazing now we're gonna reflect <laughs> everything that we've learned and we're gonna make Papa Hickman proud like let's go so <laughs> My editor is Jasmine Amiri, and we were working together at Lion Forge as well. Um, she's brilliant, fantastic, absolutely ride or die for that woman. And we're both so much more excited about Render now than we ever have been because it's improved tenfold, but it still maintains wow. the core um, genre, which I think people were really interested in initially. Well, now I'm more excited than ever to read it. <laughs> Do we have an artist on board that you can announce or is that still hush hush? We're, we're talking. I have my hopes up <laughs> more than I should um, because nothing is uh, settled yet. But um, we're, we're talking to some really, really amazing folks. And uh, there's, there's kind of a potential best possible case scenario oh my god pending and I, I I should not have my hopes up but I do Ooh, they are all ah there. there it is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's funny well, wow I'm well, excited yeah no that's good always always uh, you know gets us nothing gets us more amps than having you know some of our favorite writers like having stuff in the pipeline like that's that's what that's what we like to hear but um but yeah, I mean, Leah, you know, um, I keep calling it Tom, 
trial of magneto is almost oh, I call it tom too do that's you really yeah i always call it tom now yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um that's uh, you know over i think the last issues in g in, uh sorry uh christmas December, like christmas time. yeah 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 um so big things coming up for that um you know we always have our eyes open for stuff you know coming up and and we really you know you're just awesome and we really appreciate your time here and and yeah this this was an awesome interview thank you so much oh gosh thank you so much i could talk to you guys for like another three hours you're fantastic <laughs> don't tell an us that. I'm, I'm here <laughs> you're i think you guys are fantastic and this was so much fun this was one of our we were really looking forward to this and and you were awesome um and i'll quickly just give you a quick shout out um you know if if you enjoyed leah williams the interview today and the the podcast and how couldn't you shoot or follow on instagram at handax h-a-n-d-a-x-e that's her instagram handle and you can shoot her a follow on her twitter at my, my monster is chic, C H I C. And I'm also on TikTok under X Men Comics. Ah. <laughs> you snatched that handle, huh? I did. Ah, I did. Funny. I'm a piece of shit. I snapped that up <laughs> when I was writing Gwenpool. Oh wow, you've had you've had claims to it for a while. There we go. Okay, I have. <laughs> um, but but no, Leah. Seriously, thank you so much. Um, as far as guests go, this was an amazing just experience chatting with you and we would love to have you on later down the line at some point again if you're open to it too oh absolutely of course you guys are amazing this is a blast anytime oh thank you take care thank you so much you too i just waved like you can see it (laughs) thank you everyone for listening if you enjoyed this episode if you're here for the first time we really appreciate it and please shoot us a follow over on instagram we are geekable underscore podcast and we share there our like mini reviews. We keep you up to date with any comic book news. And we're so excited to have you on board with us. Thank you again, Leah, for being such a gracious guest. We are, I'm, I'm still fangirling over here. And <laughs> we can't wait to see what the future holds for your work, render, X-Men, you name it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again for having me. So much fun. 